perhaps think about how the ripple effect of a bad candidate experience can affect. It might affect a business's bottom line more than hiring a bad employee Mm. as far as poorly handled practices, bad rejection correspondence or just slow speed of reply, really sloppy adverts. You know, your your business needs to be beneficially Googleable. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Wingman Podcast, the podcast where we bring you helpful tips and advice on websites, Google, and social media. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Marketing Wingman Podcast, uh, produced by Pixeled. I'm Nathan George, the Managing Director of Pixeled. And it's a podcast where we talk about marketing and how other people are implementing their marketing in various industries. And today, I have my good friend Lauren from Fruition Recruitment. Welcome, Lauren. Hey, Nathan. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thank you. Now, tell everybody out there that doesn't know, what does Fruition Recruitment do if they can't tell already by the name? I know. It's a bit of a giveaway in the name already. In short, we source and secure great people for great Geelong businesses. Right. And by great people, what makes a great person? My God, how much time do you have? (laughs) So as far as fruition is concerned, we specialise in the hiring vertical of the galaxy that is HR. HR. And we only work in the corporate scene and in permanent roles. Mm -hmm. So really it's a lot of intermediate, senior and executive appointments. Mm -hmm. And we don't do temp. We don't do bum in a seat. That'll do. We do long-term culturally suited yeah. So they are great people. Hard to find people. I tell you, it used to be where do you see yourself in five years and now it's where do you see yourself in two years. Wow. And getting someone 24 months out of someone in a permanent position is considered a good wicket. Yeah, right. I have seen um, with our candidates for roles lately that the history, the employment history is rather uh, complicated, let's say. A bit, a bit of movement. A lot of movement. Mm. And it's not and it's not um, hidden anymore, the fact that there's lots of movement. I think candidates feel like they've got a lot of choice at mm. the moment. And, yeah, with this kind of, you know, carpe diem pandemic of perspective, uh, it means that, that, that people are fe- feeling a lot freer to yeah. make choices. Which is a good thing, I suppose. Can be a good thing. It could yeah. be a good thing to shake things up, and yeah. it just means that business needs to pivot their ROI on a twenty-four month kind of projection when they pick up someone perm or change what they offer employees and what their proposition and is try to attract and to them. Sure, staff. yeah. No longer do you need to consider what the ten-year, twenty-year gold watch kind of anniversary gift is. You know, rethink yeah. their value in the short term, and maybe more of a focus on hit the ground running. Mm. Okay, so. Wind it back a little bit. How did you get started in recruitment? Accidentally, to be honest, is the short version. I, I've i always been a people person. I've always known that I would be around people, understanding people, get to know people. I thought I was going to be a paediatrician up until VCE. Right. Then decided to chat. It's a little bit different. Um, Then did year 11 chemistry and definitely didn't enjoy dissecting frogs and cows' hearts and things. Turned my attention to law. Um, I'm pretty argumentative by nature and it just kind of seemed natural. So then was studying law at uni and working part-time at the Commonwealth Bank of all things Mm -hmm. and ended up actually, which I think is, is so such a testament to what I'm doing now, I had an area manager who really 
took an interest in my learning and development. Shout out to Rocco Trinchier if you're out mm-hmm. there, Rocco. And he put an absolute rocket up my career and was someone who was all about people and I ended up um, really accelerating what I was doing at the bank and concerning myself with people probably at the same time that I was realising that I wasn't going to be a lawyer and Mm. wasn't going to perhaps enjoy that sort of career path and so ended up falling into the world of, of talent and have worked in, in global recruitment and then my own business. Yeah, what was the and motivation for starting are. your own business? There were a lot of clients that I was politely declining working with because that that, that wasn't the MO of, of what I was doing at the time and, you know, my dad's one of ten Geelong born and bred so there's there's a lot of Geelong success stories around. There's a lot of, a lot of businesses that you know, might not have the resources to to do traditional recruitment mm-hmm. um, or get traditional recruitment support. Yeah. And so just a, a gap in the market where I thought I could add value on a really personal level. Right. And how how long have you been in recruitment now? Been in recruitment, oh my God, I was going to show my age. Uh, decades, Nathan, decades. decades. Okay, let's, yep. let's stay with that. So a while. <laughs> yeah. How has it changed in, in the over the years? I mean, can you believe how much everything has changed? Mm, you know, I, I got married in 2011 when there weren't video cameras on phones, so I've got no, you know, none of that, that uh, image. But, you know, tech has massively changed the recruitment game. It's it's amplified voices it's, it's meant that there's been some automation in vetting. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when the, the job boards came about and that was it, going into recruiters, that was connecting employers direct with candidates. Mm. I mean, it's, yeah, it's changed a lot. Um, there's still been a huge place for that true advisory partnership approach. Yeah. Have um, businesses like Seek, are they still dominating the industry? Is it still a requirement? I don't know about dominating. They certainly have a monopoly as far as traffic yeah. and where I guess traditional um, job seekers go to see what's available. Yeah. The most impactful platforms, without a doubt, are social media. Yeah. That's where your audience is. And for your type of recruitment, I imagine LinkedIn. LinkedIn is is an option and I guess I would sort of scoop that in and under the umbrella of social media yeah. to a degree. Yeah, totally. I think that LinkedIn's much more of a value-add platform. And so part of my marketing is that, you know, candidates or workers that I might speak with about an opportunity or seek to engage or who might reach out to me and let me know, hey, I'm open to something, Mm. I think they do that because of the expertise that I might be able to share on platforms like LinkedIn. But actually the action of application or the action of screenshot and actually put a CV together I think is much more impactful via Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Wow. Much more than your likes of LinkedIn. And to be honest, for an employer to um, advertise roles on LinkedIn is really expensive and I personally haven't seen a great return on investment. It's really expensive for the quality of applicants that you get. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, um, I have not experimented that much. I think maybe early on with Facebook 
when I was originally advertising roles, I've had mm. mixed success with LinkedIn. hasn't been hasn't been bad, and you can you can advertise for free on there as well. As an yeah, option. you can for thirty you get days. A lot yeah. less, a lot less uh, interest. Yes, they don't sort of push it out very much. One of the annoying things of LinkedIn is that you can't restrict if you're paying for ads on on jobs. Is that you can't restrict the geographic location of that, those ads? So yeah. you get a lot, a lot of, of international global, applicants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you can't you can't control your ad spend. Very very frustrating. I think perhaps they're most interested in the number of applicants that you get at this stage yeah. in their their marketing and their um, product and their service. So mm. they would hang their hat on the fact that you've got hundred applications than actually the fact that 99 of them were based overseas. Yeah, well, I actually made a complaint to them once and they said oh. that they don't discriminate on geographic <gasps> Well, location. hey, that's like, a nice that's little a, hill to die on, I yeah. I can't argue with that. You're calling yeah, me a bit got of you a in a corner and they'll yeah. have their hand out as well, yeah. yeah. So I guess um, you're saying Facebook and Instagram perform well. They do perform well. I think Facebook is, I mean... Don't they say now that that boomers are on Facebook and it's not really the next gen coming through that are on the likes of Facebook? I mean, was it a couple of years ago now, but Maccas were doing a a Snapchat application campaign where people just needed to upload a – I'm not a Snapchatter personally, so I don't know if this is the right term, but to upload a snap or something to apply – so, you know, I mean, Instagram surprisingly does pretty well. I think perhaps maybe because it's that visual medium. Sure. TikTok is massively on the rise as far as short, sharp, engage, you know, engaging content. Yeah. I'm, I'm someone who's on TikTok completely as a voyeur myself. Same, same as me. I mean, six hours later, it's, yeah. um, I should get off TikTok. But, you know, those types of mediums. Roles, though, do you think you're likely to get – are they more your – Great – Question. I mean, I think it's still really fresh. I think there's probably not enough data on any of them to really sort of say that that's one way or the other. Yeah. But I think that maybe... It would have to be a different approach. Obviously, what you post on a TikTok story would be very different to what you post on a LinkedIn Yeah, ad. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've seen some creative efforts as far as like yeah. a day in a life, mm. you know, sort of just making the words come off the page of your traditional job ad. Yeah. Um, and whether it's even, you know, if you go back to your Facebook or Instagram or something visual as, as far as someone enjoying their work or even something kitsch that kind of gets a laugh or something punny yeah. that relates to the job or even something deprecating. You do post a lot of puns <laughs> A lot of puns. I'm a pun your, fan. Uh, on your page. <laughs> so if you're not interested in a job, you can still get a lot of value out of your well, social media thanks. channels. Yeah, I think that the world of work has endless opportunity for, you know, humour and for... Sometimes I disagree with the, uh, the, the plight of the employee. <laughs> How bad it is. True, I know, but it's such a commonality as an employer for sure. But anything that's shareable or that people are going to tag their mates or it's a picture of someone who's, you know, worked in a certain field and says they're 28 but they clearly look about 100 Mm. and people are tagging their mates that work in that field and it means that message just gets that much further. Yeah, okay. I still see candidates that apply for roles with no profile data, no image no photo of themselves. On LinkedIn? On LinkedIn. Mm. They get trashed. And one of my biggest gripes, I love, and even if I put it in the ad, um, cover letter preferred, mm-hmm. no cover letters. 
Sometimes oh, no. Sometimes if no it's resume. preferred, I mean, you're saying extra work if you feel like it is yeah. cover letter preferred. Yes, and I still don't. Get well, that. I don't. I don't see many people putting up their hand, going, "Yes, please." Can I also prepare you a three thousand word essay, just pro bono? Just a little two paragraphs saying why you would like the role to me would just show so much more intent. For sure. Then you should say cover letter critical. Critical, okay. You know, right. or um, short bio and or what I've taken to doing and, and can be um, manipulated in such a way that this is effectual is actually saying that vetting software will not progress your application yeah. if you don't have certain things that are requested of you. Yeah. So if you don't have the cover letter and you just spray and pray and mm. you're just shooting the CV out there. I had um, one applicant this week that the document I opened up, which was the resume download, had a, a link, just a single line said, my resume is here with a link. And it was a link back to his LinkedIn profile. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> it's something it's, that you it's remembered. The same, it's the same information. Okay, like, true, so true. It is kind of efficient. And look, some of this vetting software is when you kind of jump on and, and I know the, the gripe from candidates about, you know, where did you go to university? And they're like, refer CV. Yeah. What's your work history? Refer CV. Mm. When your reference is funny, you ask for a CV. They're in the CV. Mm. So I get that for sure. And I think that the candidate experience is something that employers need to focus on much, much more. I think um, with people applying for so many more roles and moving so much that I think less effort is put into a, 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 an investment into the career at this, at this point. I feel like there's not as much investment into into applying for roles and it's not so much this is a really jaded, a very employer oriented view for a sure a very very jaded employer in, <laughs> view. but it's it's no longer about what the employee can do for the right. employer it's right the you feel like the balance has shifted oh, definitely i feel like employers are now competing mm-hmm. for the employees mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they have to provide something exceptional and different which mm-hmm. leads me to my next question what can an employer do to market themselves better for candidates. Mm. I think that that touching on the candidate experience is a big one and and I understand and I've heard from other employers who say I'm just getting nothing through or they're just, you know, how involved or engaged are they or how many are on the dance card for interviews this week, how invested are they really in my role? Yeah. You know, aside from the fact that no one's going to care about your business as much as you do, and needing to check the kind of wish list of wants and then the needs and really get practical about what you are requiring in your role. The candidate experience is a huge one that I can see go a long way to changing that narrative a bit and perhaps contributing to en masse the, you know, candidate pool or applicants feeling like they're also discarded and it's a very transactional process and, you know, similarly they're saying how many are you sitting down with? Yeah. Have you already got an internal applicant and this is just a formality? Mm. So there's there's conjecture and there's scepticism on both sides and I think that employers could lead from the front and really increase their candidate experience and I think that a lot of employers don't perhaps think about how the ripple effect of a bad candidate experience can affect. It might affect a business's bottom line more than hiring a bad employee Mm. as far as poorly handled practices, bad rejection correspondence or just slow speed of reply, really sloppy adverts. You know, your your business needs to be beneficially Googleable 
you mm. know, it needs to be that images reflect that certain image. So, so just like uh, <laughs> the employers are stalking the candidates. Absolutely, the candidates are I tell stalking you. The employers. You know, I mean, look for the, the sort the wheat from the chaff. You know, look for the rose amongst the thorns. There, there will be candidates that apply who are doing the right thing and, and writing the cover letter, or yeah. they're the ones who've done a bit of research before reaching out. You know, typically they say that any candidate worth their salt is probably most likely currently employed. Mm. So they're also unlikely to perhaps come from your job boards. Mm. Um, but job boards are sometimes important to anchor to your social media marketing, for example, just to give that authenticity to mm. the opportunity. Yeah. So it's still important to watch your P's and Q's and not get sloppy on the spelling. And, you know, I think that from anyone that impression isn't, heartening from a potential employee. I guess everything that you do and I and I, I have met people that have been following what Pixel have done for some time like everything you do as a business is effectively your your marketing oh. for roles in the future. That branding absolutely if, yeah. if it's googleable if it's and, if your and culture that's, is on show yeah. of what you do and your people and how you how your people interact Project, and work with each yeah, other. Yep. If that's on show, then people might aspire to work with you one day. Yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm a Sacred Heart girl from way back and we got <sighs> big – don't hold it against me. No, <laughs> I loved my time at Sacred Heart, a wonderful school, wonderful college. Yeah. And Shout I – but I remember – yep. <laughs> No, <laughs> Check few, that. A few, few past friends. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I remember there being some really strict policies in place about what you could and couldn't do – within a Sacred Heart uniform outside of ours yeah. because of that reflection on that as a business, as a brand, as a school reputation and that ripple effect is really important from a potential employee's perspective as well. Mm. You know, I I remember even just because I'm a, a B2B business that any um, potential clients that I work with, I, of course, also only want to align with the best businesses and that's a consideration that I have. So the amount that I Google out of potential clients to ensure that what I'm representing to the candidates that I work with is an earnest, wonderful business. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like the that. The amount that I come across and the amount that I've passed on that yeah. I've said not to meeting with or that have had some really questionable reviews and I would say questionable reviews that haven't been rebutted. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's anyone who has a completely perfect and if they did I'd probably have a red flag with that as well. Oh, don't look at but our reviews then. Oh, really? Perfect. Now you know everyone listening is getting look at your reviews. Yeah. But the the right of reply, yep. you know, a measured reply. Yes. There was one business that um, one time I came across a Google review and the reply was I was embar I had third degree embarrassment because the business had clapped back so fiercely and so out of line. It was just such yeah. an unprofessional vibe. It is hard sometimes for business owners to swallow their pride. But for it is sure. something that we advise for our clients is that, is that response is so important. Taking it offline, yes. not continuing a fight online. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that we are all our own marketers. We're walking marketers in every... Vocation. It doesn't matter if you're wrong either. I'm mean, sorry, if you're right. It doesn't matter how right you oh, are, it serves no completely. benefit. Yeah, I mean... Not, uh, it's, it's uh, not the response for that customer. It's the it's the perception by everybody else. That yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had... Um, <laughs> in saying social media, it is a, a platform that I leverage in, mm. you know, ensuring that roles that I'm working on make it to market and make it in front of the right eyeballs. And that does invite comments. Mm. 
yeah. and DMs and, yes. you know, people having an opinion and people critiquing the copy in my posts and, you know, and, and I just... Have you, got any, have you got any classic examples of that? Look, I had one recently where I'd written something and sometimes using cliches in copy is yeah. a purposeful tool. You're a bit of a wordsmith. Look, don't mind some sort of witty banter here and there. And, yeah. and I had a post out where a fair great degree of effort had gone to in very lyrically describing the you know, the opportunity at hand. Yeah. And the opening sentence was a bit about Geelong and, you know, I'm, we're big advocates oh. of Geelong. <laughs> Do you know this a, one? No, but was it a Geelong basher? It, well, uh, no, no. There were there were Geelong bashers, admittedly, on this post. There were others, but this specific one, in the, I think the opening sentence or two, I'd reference Geelong is where it's at. Yes. After a lot of laneways, precincts, cafe culture, yep. like wineries, surf coast, everything yep. else, it yep. was the final little tag. Yes. And the comment was, "Bloody hell, who wrote this copy? Was it the the junior copywriting? Like where it's at? That's so lazy, or some some comment." Yeah. I think so, I think his name was Colin or something, and, and I commented back and said, "Colin, who hurt you? And where are they at?" Yeah. And you know, it was something that that's, was. That's the reality. Is that this person's <laughs> having a bad day? Isn't it? And, you know. Uh, classic Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you follow Gary yeah. Vaynerchuk. He you influenced me, Gary. Yes. He would feel bad for that person. I feel yeah. so yes, bad, so yeah. sorry that you feel like you needed to say that out, to loud, out yeah. loud to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish you nothing but the best. That's, a, that's his that's, attitude. I mean, that's what I aspire to get to, that higher ground. I think that partly I clap back in humour mm. but also just in, yeah, to, to diffuse and, and he ended up replying to my comment saying, ha-ha, nice one, you got me or something. Yeah, and and, and, and my that, comment that got, you know, some reactions that were laughing and saying, yeah, yeah you know, sort of thing. So anyway, it's just the... The, the Googleable nature extends to social media. That's and the internet. That's that's the internet all around. And you know, I I can get that from an employer's perspective. That's daunting because yeah. sticking an ad out on Seek, you maybe don't have that yep. risk. Yep. And so, who's sitting there vetting and and monitoring the response that that gets is a question for sure. We've um we've written some articles before on Geelong and about how it's the most li- – reasons why it's the most livable city Geelong in the world. Geelong is the best. And if we make these claims, it's amazing how many people come out of the woodwork and start bagging out Geelong for no real reason. Mm-hmm. And, again, we feel sorry for them. Because, oh, we do. We have we, we know have how Geelong is the best. Yeah, absolutely. So back to recruitment. Mm-hmm. We've got some ideas on how to maybe attract candidates, but how do we get the absolute top – the creme de la creme of candidates. The creme de la creme. Well, in short, you work with me. But if you're going to try and do it of direct. <laughs> um, look, I mean, from a candidate's perspective, you know, try and, and understand that particularly post-COVID that expectations have obviously shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, just with the, um, the the voice that social media gives people and I feel like em- employers are now held to a different account. It's no longer really hierarchical where, you know, workers don't need to be concerned with the overall purpose and ethos and mission and what we're actually doing. Yeah. Workers are now demanding that visibility and to yeah. understand where we're headed as a business regardless of their role or how senior that is. So, you know, understanding and having a, a, a 
a proper purpose and a mission that uh, workers can tether themselves to. Um, it doesn't mean that everything has to be, at the end of the day, gold standard, super sustainable, super, super beyond reproach. There, you know, at the end of the day, there's industries and, and workers in every facet of, of everything. But actually having a, you know, a driver and a um, defined destination of some degree just makes it feel more authentic and yeah. and feel more connected. Um, you know, I think that remote working and that flexible working um, piece has been an interesting one to contend with. And when you talk about getting the best of the best, a lot of employers that I've been speaking with have assumed that's meant then offering the most flexibility yeah. and offering the biggest perks and the most salary. And that's not true. I think that authenticity is massive and, and transparency is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bit of a recruitment joke that actually plays into this quite nicely if you want to hear it. Yeah, go on. You might want to cut I'm, this later. I'm ready. Okay, great. Uh, so... Um, oh. Do you have just, a little joke a, opener? Just with my little... Have um, you got a fake audience laugh? No, no, uh, you just keep going. You start your joke. Okay. So a, a hiring manager, unfortunately, very um, sadly, gets hit by a bus. They end up at the pearly gates. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh, keep going, keep going. <laughs> keep going. They end up at the pearly gates of heaven and, and the angels there say, oh, my God, we, we don't actually know quite what to do with you. We've never had a, a hiring manager make it this far. We have uh, orders from above that you, you're going to need to try out a bit of hell and try out a bit of heaven and we're going to ask you what you'd prefer and, and then we'll go with that. And the hiring manager said, well, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be heaven. Let's just don't worry about this. And they said, sorry, orders are orders. And down she went to experience some time in hell. Gates of hell opened. She came out and was like, why? This is amazing. It was like a country club. There were old colleagues of hers playing golf and she had crayfish for lunch and had all of these wonderful chats about the days of old and had a wonderful time. This isn't half bad, my God. I thought it'd be terrible. Went back upstairs and went back up to heaven and did a couple of days on the clouds playing harps, and it was all nice and sweet. And came to the end, and, and she was asked, Okay, what's your choice, heaven or hell? Mm. And she said, Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually think I'd prefer hell, to be honest. I really had you guys wrong. Mm. So he said, No problems, bye. She ended up coming out to, to hell and it was fire and brimstone and, and terrible wasteland and all of her old colleagues and friends were looking terrible and picking up garbage and she looked around and the, and the devil put a hand over her shoulder and she said, what the hell's going on? I thought this was meant to be awesome and, and what's changed? And he said, well, yesterday we were recruited, today you're staff. Uh, <laughs> oh, crickets. That's fine. That's a cricket. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that's a good one, though. Well, but you know. I realise halfway through, you've already, I've already heard you tell that. Oh, thing. have you really? <laughs> yes. Oh, I wonder where I told that one. Well, maybe I've heard it, but yes. Yeah. Good one. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lauren, for joining me on the podcast Thanks. today and talking about uh, recruitment and marketing for candidates. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, all the best with fruition recruitment in this Thank year. Thank you. See you around Geelong. Thank you. Bye. Bye.